Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast. Don and Sue here, and we are talking about culture. We we love this topic that creating a culture, you know, our three commitments of a crazy cool family are to pursue God, God's your most important relationship, to build relationships. And, and the way you build relationships is to create a culture in your home. Think of it like a greenhouse where relationships can flourish. They need to grow healthy. And, and the biggest place they do that's in your home. Welcome, Suzanne. Yes, and so in this Family Culture Made Simple series, today we're going to talk about correct carefully. And so that is one of our favorite, favorite topics. I think people ask us the most about it. And so we're going to just play with that topic today, how to correct carefully. And just remember, as we just to recap a little bit, four pillars of culture, power of encouragement, safe haven, relational discipline, unity. All of this is in our base camp. There are basecamp.crazycoolfamily.com. Got courses on all this. Go listen to it. You don't have to listen to just the podcast. But let let us give you four declarations we're doing for every podcast so you can remember them. and so I was just going to yeah, say go that we last week we talked about encourage extravagantly. Um, and so the declaration that goes with that is encourage extravagantly and correct carefully. So that was last week, and then we're scooping up this week. And so we just want you to think about that as you interact with your children. Am I encouraging extravagantly and correcting carefully? And today we're going to give you all sorts of ideas on what it looks like to correct carefully. And so what are the other three the, declarations? Well, then the, the other three are, and we'll cover those in future podcasts, yes, yes. become a listener, um, move from, this is about discipline, moving from parent control to self-control. Put that phrase in your head, move from parent control to self-control. That's the goal of discipline, to disciple our kids where they do things right on their own. And then the final one's about unity. It's to celebrate differences and to establish common values in our home. Um, yeah. So those are all coming up. So today so, we get to focus on... So on the first declaration, encourage extravagantly and correct carefully, we're doing the second part of that, which is correct carefully. And so don't you love the alliteration? <laughs> <laughs> and it, isn't it? it's going to be easy to remember because you can you encourage extravagantly to ease and you correct carefully to seize. Yes. And so our goal for today is to share with you how you can correct in ways to help your children instead of hurt them. Um, our children need to be correct. They need to be put, you know. Oh, please, parents, correct your children. Oh, my goodness. Don't let your kids be brats, right? Yes, correction is good. Yeah, um, yeah it, it's good. You know, so often and uh, when we talk about encouragement, people say, oh, you're telling me I can't correct my kids. And we're like, no, no, no. It's a matter of thinking about encouraging more and correcting carefully. It's, it's a matter of how and how often. You know, how often do you correct and how do you do it? And and so if you can think about it in those terms, we're not taking, uh, you know, uh, we're not taking anything away from you. We're just adjusting. In fact, if you become a more encouraging parent and, a, and, and you learn how to correct carefully, your correction will actually become much, much, much more effective. And yes. wouldn't that be fun? Yes. That, yes. We, that way we don't have to say the same thing over and over again. Right. We're going to help you with that. Yeah. And so there's so many places in Scripture that encourage us to correct 
And so the, the first one, Paul's writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, 1 and 2, he says, I give you this charge, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. So that's a pretty high calling for us parents to, um, to you know, preach, to know the word and share it with our children, to be prepared with all the things they're going to bring to us with that correcting, rebuking. So we can just kind of shut down the podcast right now because we'll just say, okay, (laughs) look at the standard of that. So when you correct, so we're going to go through a lot of things to help you figure out whether you're correcting carefully or not as we walk through it. But here's one of them. When you do it, are you, look at this standard. Are you doing it with great patience and careful instruction? Okay. That's that knocks out about 90% of in my first decade of parenting. That knocks out about 90% of my correction I did. If I put it to that standard, and I, and, and I hope that I'm not the only one, that you guys can relate. And that's what we want to help you. Over time, I learned how to, to correct with more patience and more carefulness. And so uh, that's what we want to talk more about today. There's other scriptures. Proverbs has a lot to say. It says, Hear instruction and correction and be wise and do not neglect it. Proverbs 8.33. You know, here's one. He who loves his son is diligent to correct him. Proverbs 12.24. So again, we need to correct our kids. It's a matter of how and how often. And then the last one is just the, for the Lord corrects those whom he loves as the father, the son in whom he delights. Okay, let me, as we, I want to paint a picture of that one because I love that verse. So think about of how a father corrects his son when he delights in the son. So you're not when, when we are getting on to him and we're angry with him and we're frustrated with him and we and they never do what's right and they never quite get it done, we are not delighting in our son. But if you can think of just again, we, we said great patience and careful instruction. Yeah. Here's another standard. Am yeah. I correcting in a way that I delight mm-hmm. in my son or daughter? And that becomes a whole different way that we correct and a whole different carefulness that we exhibit. And I, so I think one of the, one of the ways is, um, the, one of the, one of the reasons that we as parents correct is because we're annoyed with our kids. We're annoyed with their behavior. We're irritated. We, we, we we're, you know, maybe they've made a mess and we are mad that we have to clean they that up. They keep doing the same thing over and over again. Yes, they repeat. I remember <laughs> when our kids were little, we would, went to bed and I kid and Don would say, are our kids dumb? I mean, what's wrong with them? I keep telling them the same thing over and over again and they're not doing it. Yes. And I, and they're, they're, in particular, one of the things was, I'd give this example a lot to parents. It's like, they would say, shut up. And I would say, don't say shut up. And they would continue to say, shut up. And I'm like, oh my goodness, do my kids have a learning disability? Because I mean, I keep telling this and they don't. And Suzanne's like, no, no. And I, I'd never babysat as a kid. I never had any experience in parenting whatsoever. And so she, she had done this her whole life, you know, babysat and stuff. And and she said, no, they'll get it. And, and one day, you know, the, the good news of the story is, one day I looked up and my kids didn't say shut up anymore. I don't know when it happened. I don't. I yeah. can't point to the day. I can't point to even the month, maybe. But all of a sudden <laughs> I looked up and I'm like, and, and then over time the older ones would say to the younger ones, because we had a lot of kids, oh, we don't say shut up. When we don't say started, shut up. Yeah. And so they started owning it. And I'm like, when did that happen? But it, it, it does happen over time. 
Yes, and so just know that we 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 do need to correct our kids. Scripture tells us to do that, and I think parents we are wired to correct our kids. The position and the perspective from which you correct your kids—that's what we're talking about. That's where the carefulness comes in. Are you correcting them because they need it, because they they have misstepped, and there needs to be some instruction from you, or are you correcting them because they've done? They're you're annoyed with them. Yeah. You know they've made you work harder, and so let's just. Talk you know, about that for a minute. And just a quick thought that came into my head, you know, especially with little kids, a lot of you, a lot of parents that were listening to the podcast have young kids. Well, when a kid is like three or four, two, three, four years old, and they draw a, a, a person on a picture, they draw them with big, long legs. And a circle and for And a circle head. for the head because that's what they see. Yeah. And so, so, so much of what we're going to talk about today is how your so your kids see you as this big long set of legs and a little bitty head coming from them from way far up above them you know three times three times their size and so one of the things we want to picture is is how are we we don't see that it's just a little kid to us and it's Mm -hmm. it's but how are we coming across to our kids what is the instruction is the correction effective or not and so and and here we as parents you know we all do it but it's a matter of just trying to get better at what we're doing so that we our correction becomes more effective and so let's contrast the word careful and careless for just a second so careful obviously means full of care and so think about when jesus came up out of the water after he was baptized and jesus said you know this is my son with whom i'm well pleased if we're careful with our child then that's the the position that we're correcting them you are my child whom i love and you i am well pleased yeah i mean think about it as is your child perceiving oh my father delights in me going yep. back to the and he delights in me and he wants the best for me and he wants to help me get better or my father thinks I, or my mother and i'm doing father because i'm a guy <laughs> and uh, you know my father thinks i'm not enough and my father thinks no matter what i do it i, I can't please him that's you know, the careless type. That, yeah that, so what what's the kind when what is the result and, and a lot of times that's why we talk about relationships so much you got to look in your kid and see how you how it's affecting them Oh, that's so good. And so let's just give you some insight. If you have a child that is angry all the time or lashes out, then you might be carelessly correcting them. Or if you have a child that is um, withdrawn, yeah, and doesn't doesn't want to hang pouts out with a you, lot, or you know, pouts. just withdraws and, and won't accept the correction or argues about it. Oh, argue or speaks in a baby. Yeah. Sometimes you know, children who don't feel um, honored and valued and taken care of, then they'll speak like it. They'll talk like a baby, you know, yeah. because they feel like they're being treated like a baby. And we're not saying that if that behavior happens, you're right. a loser parent. Right. I mean, we're not. And, saying and we're just saying this could possibly be a red flag that you might be correcting carelessly instead of carefully. And if that's the case, then more what are you going to do about it? No condemnation, no, nothing like that. It's just a red flag. Of, and, and oh, usually, watch your child and see how are they responding to what I say when I correct them or how I say when I correct them. Pay attention. And if you're shutting them down, then your correction is not doing what you're intending it to do. And and so often there's so many things that you can look at. And we'll give some examples. We're going to go through some examples at the end of the podcast, but it, it's going to be with frequency, you know, or you just on them all the time. Oh, yeah, that's good. And, and yeah. another one's going to be tone. Yeah. It's going to be how you say it. And really even positionally, um, we uh, we show a video sometimes in our classes from a movie called Cinderella Man. 
And in that, you know, and, and if you ever, um, you know, if you ever want to watch it, there's a, you can go to YouTube and watch Cinderella Man stealing a sausage because his son mm -hmm. steals a sausage and then he corrects him. It's a beautiful scene. It's like three minutes. But anyway, in that scene, he gets down and when he yeah. wants to correct him, he gets down at his eye level and talks to him. And there's so many things. I mean, I could teach a whole pie. We could do four podcasts on that one scene about how to parent through adversity. But, um, but in that one, I wanted, sometimes it's even, are you getting to their eye level? especially with young kids are you lording over them yeah. so tone where you're, you're positioning um, frequency all those things are one things of the that things I would even do with my kids is I could tell if when I was over correcting them and they were responding with anger or withdrawal or whatever I it would be like a red flag and I would get down and I would whisper to them mm, to, yeah. to, to change it up a little bit just especially if they were responding in anger just to show them hey I'm on your side Right. Let's and do it. Let's do it like this. Or I'd like it. I think that this would be better. Because that's one of the things when you careful correction. We talked a lot about the negative side of things. Careful correction speaks to your kid and says, I'm on your team. I'm for you. And I can do it. And you are rising to a level. I realize you're a kid and you have you're making a next step. I want you to take a step on the journey. You know, um, as an example, um, you know, in in. In sports, you know, so often we have to remind our kids, wow, you're a great basketball player. You're a great baseball player. Would you like to get better? Yeah, that's you know, good. would you like to get better at what you're doing? Yes, I would like to get better. Okay. Why do you, you know, even sometimes flipping correction to asking questions of, again, we've talked about the careless side, but on the careful side, yeah. maybe it's, hey, what do you think you need to do to get better? Well, mm. man, I am not, I'm stepping out of the batter's box when that curveball comes in. Great. You know, I've, I've got a couple of drills we could do that's going to help you do that. Would you like to do that? Yeah, I'd really like to fix that because they really do. Most of our kids do want to get better. Mm -hmm. They may not want to put the work in sometimes, it right. seems, and they may not understand. Because remember, they're kids. They may not understand what they have to do. And part of, part of correction, part of careful correction is getting rid of our tone and getting rid of our frustration and realizing they're kids and we got to help them take a next step. And, and they learn, you know, kind of like we did sometimes, sometimes it is a little bit reluctantly. Well, and you're coming along beside them. I mean, and that's the, that's the goal is to come along beside them um, and help them. So one of the main topics, so Don, you talked about sports, but one of the things I hear from parents all the time, and I'm actually walking through it with Madeline and Molly right now as they've got their four-year-old sons, is potty training. And that is one of those things that as parents that we, we, get to, we get to train our children to use the potty, but a lot of the times we think we have to train, which we do have to. <laughs> but if you can change it that you get to, that yeah, you get to going to work when they're seven and they're not potty trained, right? If you come along beside them and help them be a success, then you're going to alleviate a lot of the accidents, but more importantly, you're going to alleviate the control element that they have. And right now we've watched it with both the grandsons that they are, they are caught up in their playing and they do not want to stop, but they are doing the TT dance because they desperately need to go to the bathroom, but they don't want to stop playing. And so your option is to care. If you were, if you were to carelessly correct, then you would be like, stop what you're doing and go in there and go to the bathroom right now. And that you're going to instantly get a, a rejection and a, a rebuff from them saying, no, I don't need to go potty. And they, we've heard Truett and Sebastian but say, arguing, I don't need to go yeah. potty. They are going to start arguing. They're going to start going back. Because reality is, and I was telling the girls this, reality is they actually have control 
of when they do and don't go to the bathroom. I mean, you can pick them up, you can put them on the toilet and you can leave them there until they pee, but they can sit there for as long as they want to until they pee. They still have that control. And so what is it that we do? How do we correct carefully in that situation? And so just, I don't know, something like, um, I can see that you're doing the TT dance. And so why don't we take I don't know, monkey, dinosaur, jump truck with us to the bathroom and you can show them how you can put your TTs in the potty. And so now you've redirected them. You've not necessarily stopped their play. You've included their play because remember play is children's work. You've included their play to come with them to take care of themselves. And all along the way, I would, I would always say, you know, what goes in must come out. When you when you drink water, you're going to have to go teaching in a little while. So just know that and just kind of preparing them, carefully guiding them. They, eventually, you're going to have to go to the bathroom, so be prepared for it. And right. so that's one of the ways to carefully do that. What's another scenario? Well, I mean, um, you know, what do you do, for example, when, and, and I hear this from uh, parents all the time, that every time I tell my child to do something, they say no. You know, and so they, they resist me. It's any time. Everly's doing that right now. She's too. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, no. Yeah. No. And, and she's so forceful about it too. And, you know, the kids are like, no, I don't want to do that or whatever. And sometimes they will, uh, you know, say things like, uh, and, and sometimes it'll be a lot of anger with it or whatever. You know, how do we handle kids that are, are defiant and are saying no? And one of them is, is that I believe that uh, that is when uh it really is. Now, one, you got to think about, did you create the no situation? You know, like, for example, maybe you surprised them. And so, and that's what, you know, what Suzanne's talking about preparing kids. But then again, even, even if you have, they don't get to be defiant. And, and, you know, and that is a time to say, and again, the more, it, a lot of times what happens is the parent ups their defiance. They up their game of well control. They of control. control. And so therefore it escalates. And I say, you know, don't do that if you can help it. But you can calmly say, uh, you know, we can be firm without being angry. That's a, that's a really good um, correction concept to learn is that we can be firm without being angry. You can look at them, get down their level and say, look, you don't get to say no to me like that. Just like I don't get, you know, a lot of times I'll do tell my kids the same, hey, I don't do that to you. I'm not going to allow you to do that to me. So I've asked you to go get your shoes. If And you can even see, like, even right there, my tone is getting a little bit rough, yeah. you know, and I've got a while, hey, I've asked you to go get your shoes. You've told me no, that we can't do that. So what are your choices going to be? And I would even encourage you to before before the no is is given from the child, examine the situation and see if you're going to get a no. You know, if you've walked in on them and they're playing this elaborate game, but you need to go, you know, then you could you can even say, I know you don't want to get your shoes, but we have to go to the we have to go to you know wherever right now. And I, I'm I'm so sorry I didn't time it well and I put the emergency on you. You know what I'm saying? Just see it from there. This is where. I I feel like so many times as parents where we, Donna mentioned earlier, we lord over our kids. We are the adult. We are in charge. We do dictate their day. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't honor and respect what they have going to. To them, what they're doing is just as important as what you're doing. But so many times as adults, we come at it as, no, my my agenda is much more important than your agenda. And while reality is, that's probably true. You are the adult and you do know more things. And so your agenda could be true is true but 
if you honor and value that little person and have them come along beside you, then you're going to get compliance. You're going to, they, they want to be on your team more than well, anything I, I else. I don't know about you guys, but I'm like, I want the way to effectiveness to be easy rather than hard. Yeah. And if I can make it easier, you know, Jesus even said, you know, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And, but you know, the, the, in Matthew 11, he says that Matthew 10, the, the chapter four, he says, pick up your cross and follow me. And what I get out of that is if we'll do the hard things as a parent, we, you know, the things we're talking about, it's so much easier just to say, go get your shoes because I said so, go do it right now. And, you know, we can, I, I had four little girls when I was first parenting, I could get obedience. Right. And I, and if I just raised my voice or if I said, you know, and I remember talking to you, Suzanne, and you would say, it feels like I have to yell to get obedience. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, that's the only thing that works. Yeah. And so I'm going to count to three. Okay. Well, we want them to obey on one. One, not three, but so many times we, or, you know, they don't listen until I yell and things like that. And so, and that's, there's truth in that. So mm-hmm. then it becomes, okay, then I think well, about, we trained them to do we've that. trained them to do that. What can I do to make it different? And, and that's where over time, as you start to, it's like, it, it, so much of getting obedience, so much of making obedience easier to, to accomplish as a parent is what Suzanne's talking about is honoring your kids all the time. When your kids feel honored, when they feel loved, when they feel respected, again, that's why we balance it or even tell you to encourage a lot because you're building up that honor, respect. But even in correction, if you'll honor, yeah. respect and love mm-hmm. them, you we over time, you won't have to yell as much. Right. And and you won't have and, and your your instruction becomes much more effective. If I were to come in right now even with our grandkids or whatever, and I were to yell, they would probably freak out because mm-hmm. I've just learned over time how to get obedience without yelling, without it, and to communicate better. And that's what we're trying to get you to do. You know, for example, let's say your teenage daughter is, is won't clean a room and you, <laughs> and, and you know, or it doesn't, and we say daughter, teenage daughter or son always have to include the gentleman. <laughs> our boys can be just as much slobs as our girls. And, and, um, but you know, sometimes that we tend to go in and go, gosh, this room's a wreck. Go clean it up. I mean, go, how can you live like this? What yeah, are you're you not ever paying been? rent. You better. Yeah. But instead, and, and, and all that has truth to it. They do need right. to learn to clean their room and take care of their stuff. And it frustrates us as parents when our kids don't take care of the things that we spent so much money on and all the things that they lose their AirPods or whatever it is that they mm-hmm. have for the third time. And, but yet yeah, they've I'll, been washed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it's like, but dirty clothes everywhere, but, but it's one to avoid the rants. It, that's a great thing, but also, Hey, let's talk about why we want to have a clean room. Mm-hmm. Let's sit down and talk about and why we don't have a clean room. Like, help me understand. I know that there was a season that um, my girls were in a private school, and it was their junior year. Every single one of them, their junior year, they were overwhelmed. Not at the same time with the with the they, they work, each year with the workload, uh, just completely overwhelmed. And so the thing that would go was cleanliness I mean, in their rooms they just couldn't keep up with that they couldn't keep cars. up with their laundry they could oh the other cars were a disaster and so i just remember um going in and saying okay this the the way that you're living right now is not acceptable god is a god of order not a god of chaos and he, your brain is not wired to function in an environment like yeah. this so We've got options. Can I help you? What can I do to help you clean your room up? Can we put some systems in place? Can I, I, you know, I've got capacity. What, What can I do? Or can we get rid of a bunch of stuff? You know, a lot of the times our kids have got too much stuff. Let's pull stuff out of there. 
Well, and, well I was just saying, and, and and you can tell them when you do that, it creates a lot more work for the rest of the family, for me. I mean, that, that, that's valid. I mean, they don't want to, they're not doing it to hurt people. Right. They're just doing no. it because they, they're overwhelmed. And, right. and, and so often when you get into those issues, okay, so realize in correction, how we're directing you here is to say, stop the rants and go investigate the relationship. Yeah. Sometimes it may turn out you start saying, well, why in your room clean? And you just, all of a sudden they just start bawling yeah. and they might say, oh my goodness, I'm, you know, I'm upset about this boy or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't get school done. I feel like the world's just I'm failing. Yeah. yeah. And so then now you've created by not lording over them, but by honoring, respecting, questioning, you're, you've created an opportunity to invest in their lives. You created a safe zone. We'll talk about that in coming weeks. <laughs> we create a safe zone where now they can, um, they can come talk to you. And you've done it merely by correcting carefully. Yeah. And so just to even drop that, you know, that teenage girl boy down to the scenario of a, you know, of a preschooler. And let's say they have a playroom. We talked about this this weekend. The girls and I had a little girls retreat and um, the my daughters and we were talking about how the kids make a big mess and how it's overwhelming and they can't clean it up. And so Molly went home from our retreat and she had Sebastian pick four toys, you know, like blocks and cars and people and and four and that's it. And she put and had him help her pack up all the other ones so that now it's a manageable Molly's task. the organized one of the bunch. <laughs> a manageable tasks of, of toys for him. So now he he can be a success in cleaning them up. And yeah. so that just, just once again just goes to show you that when there is a need for correction just stop for one second and assess the situation and see if it, there is an opportunity to remove something that's a distraction, redirect in a positive way, or even just understand that, oh, my child's overwhelmed. How can I help them? I might not even need to correct them. I might need to help them. Yeah, I think that that's um, one of the things you said that we haven't really honed in on is so often correction on the back end is a result of us not preparing on the front end. Mm -hmm. And so, and then, I mean, and how often do you see that? We are not, we are too busy cleaning up the kitchen or we're on our phones or something like that. And all of a sudden the three-year-old, I mean, it is crazy how much mess they can make in like 15 oh. minutes. They Let's dump this out. Let's do this. And, and we have now because we've kind of let them go or whatever they they have they have now created a big mess that's overwhelming to them and then we get frustrated with them because we know we've got to go clean that up right and so you know just making sure trying to control things on the front end or you know or develop things on the front end where um, that makes it much easier on the back end is one way to be a more careful corrector uh, in in life what about like so parents talk a lot to us about siblings fighting so and usually we're not in the room when that happens or we're away from the action some way. And, oh, he did this and she knows she did that. And it becomes this. And and it just gets all over us because it's our kids. They're fighting. Uh, I know for you, Suzanne, the mama bear would come out because oh, one yeah. kid's hurting another mm -hmm. one and both your kids. And you're like, so... Yeah, that would definitely take me to my limit when, when the siblings are fighting with each other, even with the grandkids, when the grandkids are fighting with each other or when they're fighting with their siblings. It's it's the same thing. I, I, I don't... 
I don't manage it well because it's like, who's, whose side do you pick? It's, there's not a win-win. I mean, both of them did it wrong. And so for us, I just know that with, with our kids, both kids got in trouble. Or if there was a toy they were fighting over, the toy got removed. And we would say, nothing is more important than your relationship with your sibling. And so this, this, this stroller that you're fighting over, I'm going to throw it away. Madeline just told me that she just did that. They literally took the stroller and they went and put it, she went and put it in the trash. And oh they my were, goodness. And the babies were devastated, <laughs> just devastated that she did that. But she just said, no, your, your relationship is much more important. You do that about two or three times with yeah. their toys and they will figure out a way. You know, it yeah. goes back to King Solomon when he cut the baby in half. You <laughs> yeah. know, the real mother said, no, just let her keep it. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same thing. And so how do you you know how do you how do you correct that or even with this with siblings you go in and you remind them oh no she's your best friend he's your he's your best buddy well and some of that is just that's a unique just like solomon's deal was that's a great example there's unique correction strategies so for example uh siblings fighting we would say a lot wow you guys are not getting along. I think you need some practice. Mm-hmm. So let's go get in a room together, and you guys are going to learn how to play together. And because that's super. Or I'd important. give them a project. Usually, I would say, okay, this is I've got this pile of laundry. So you guys are going to sort it and fold it and put it away, yeah. or you're going to unload the dishwasher together, or you're going to clean out the refrigerator. I would give them a project that they had to do together. It wasn't a free play. Yeah. And then once they started working together, then I would say, okay, now y'all go play. Okay, and this will be something we'll cover later when we talk about values, but. You're correcting towards the value, not yeah. just to get your sanity. I mean, so often you, you know, we're correct. It's the, what's the purpose of your correction and how are you guiding them towards teaching them something? That's how it doesn't happen anymore because they learn, they, they adopt the value, they believe in the value and it takes time, you know, as an example. So, uh, and again, going back to sports, uh, you know, you, I, I coached a ton of basketball and baseball with my younger kids and invariably the kids either I was coaching or my own kid would make the same mistake every time I mean just over and over you know every time they would pick up the ball and take three steps before they dribbled and it's like wow this is frustrating because I keep you know I can't give them any better instruction than I what that I have but what I realized is is that whether that be basketball or the kids not saying shut up or whatever it is real change takes time mm-hmm. so hear that parents and, and Real change takes time and, and it really takes and, and the more you try to control it and, and, and correct it with harsh tones, the, the more it's done out of fear instead of out of desire. And what you're trying to do is is to get them to understand the why, understand, learn it, and get them to do it out of desire instead of out of fear. It's fear good. fear is a good it's first good. deal. But first, sometimes, hey, you don't go in the street. Stop. You know, you yeah. got to stop that. But but then you take them back and you say, hey. There's cars in the street. They're it, little and they can't see you. Yeah, that's dangerous in the street. It's safe here. It's, it's not safe here. And eventually they tell. So then the four-year-old tells the two-year-old, don't go in the street. It's dangerous. Yeah. You hear them repeating you. And those are the way. That's how you correct carefully. Um, hey, let's talk about, let's kind of end with a couple of things where maybe a little bit more serious things where maybe the teenager's lying to you and hiding things from you. How, how do you, how do you discipline, how do you correct that? I mean, what would you say when you've got a, you know, older kid and even at younger kids, they start to hide, be deceptive, things like that. Um, 
so just know that your children are going to lie to you. I mean, there's a really, really good chance. Very few children do not. Um, all of our children at some point in time have told us that they did lie to us along the way. And what that, what the reason is because there is a balance and every kid has it where it's more, it's more, um, profitable for me to lie than it is to get in trouble for this <laughs> and they really want our approval and they want yeah and they want and they our don't ex- want it as our approval and they want our acceptance and they don't want punishment and so they they are going to lie about it and so just know that and once you once you're not offended and your feelings aren't hurt and you're not just like floored that your kids have lied to you once you get past all that and you've accepted the fact that they might then go back and evaluate why what it is that they're why why is it more important for them to lie to you than it is for them to tell you the truth because the goal there is that you want them to be truthful to you and that was one of our things we were we were pretty hard we like don't don't lie to us you know be truthful that was a value that we had in our family because you can't you can't have an authentic, real relationship with someone that's lying to you. Right. So therefore, don't lie to us. Trust us. Believe that we're going to look out for you. We're going to be, you know, we're going to, you know, if if you've done something that you're not supposed to do and you've lied about it, then there's going to be a consequence. But if you've done something that you're not supposed to do and you tell us about it, then we will work with you on the consequence. You can even build the consequence. Right. We'll even have you do the punishment. And so that's why we would lay that out for them in the very beginning on this is what it looks like. And once again, it goes back to valuing them, honoring them, see them as a team player and letting them see you as that. That we're on their team. And we're the, not it's not us against them. But if you if you are not a careful corrector, I don't know if corrector is a, an English <laughs> word, but it, but if you are not, you are going to create lying in your kids. You create more lying with harsh correction and what we're going to talk about in the coming podcast or creating a, a listening environment a safe place for them to come that is something you work on as a parent to create less lying in your children and and so just know once again that's a that's that too is a red flag now developmentally all children learn how to lie about around the age three and four and once again they're ba- balancing to decide if it's more valuable to lie or not to lie and they've got to figure that out and you've got to show them that it's not more valuable to lie but just know that the red flag to you okay what am I doing that's creating them to to have to not tell me the truth what are they afraid of more they're more afraid of me than they are of what they're doing and they may be doing things that's worth lying about you know as a teenager you know I mean it may be oh yeah I'd lie about that too you know and exactly I, I, I get and it. then go back to did you lie and yeah. when have you lied yeah. and what's the last thing you've yeah. lied about and, and and but then it's got to be how was God to you did he you know strike you down yeah. then the discussion becomes of the behavior how do you start what's good and what's not and and all that. But let's, let's wrap up by just saying this, um, corrections necessary. You know, it, it's, it's, we, we don't say don't correct. We say correct carefully. And, and, and on the other side, encouragement is great. And, and encouragement will help you, um, create a, a better atmosphere for correction. But, you know, but how we correct and how often we correct is, is a, is a real key to building a thriving culture because careless correction builds insecurity let me ask you do you want your kid to be insecure or do you want them to be confident right do you want them to you want to have a relationship a connective relationship with them or do you want them to be distant Mm -hmm. well correction how you correct and how often you correct has a lot to do and and the kid's going to respond to you yeah and what's good about that what's cool about that is if you do it well chances are you're going to have a much better chance at having that awesome relationship with your child and a better chance of them obeying on their own. 
Yeah, I just got this picture as you were talking, Don, that like um, careless correction is like pushing the kid down. You know, they're walking along and you push them down. But careful correction is like holding their hand and showing them the way. Right. And so it's just, it's a, it's radically different. It's still correction, but how you do it is going to be a, a pathway for connection with your child or it's going to be a pathway of destruction with your relationship. Yeah, those two scriptures, let's end with that. It says uh, in First, Second Timothy, with great patience and careful instruction. That's just a, and it says, as a father, the son in whom he delights. Mm -hmm. So it go today and just, it's something you can try out immediately. Just try out correcting in a way with patience and carefulness. And as you delight in your son or daughter, I delight in you. I I understand you're four and you're made a big mess. (laughs) I still delight in you. And we're going to figure this out together. That's good. So, uh, hey, I hope this has helped. I, um, this is a topic that's very hard for parents. I know that it, it, I've struggled with it and learned a lot over decades on how to do it. So if you're at a point where you're correcting harshly or whatever, it's okay. You too can be helped by this. You too can make amends. Well, you just know you have plenty of opportunity to correct throughout <laughs> the day so you can win a few and lose a few yeah. and win some more. <laughs> so as always, go be crazy parents, crazycoolfamily.com. <laughs>